Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. Now think about it. When Amy Simple McPherson, who was a leading minister in the early part of the 1900s, she told Dr. Roy Hicks, he was a man who um, was somebody, a leader within her, within her denomination. And he told us personally the story that she had conveyed to, to him and the students personally there. And when she had started in the ministry, she was married at the age around 18 or 19 to her first husband, Robert Simple. They, they eventually ended up going to China and he died over there. But as they were doing evangelistic work and they were receiving offerings that would help fund their trip to China... Pastors would have, have them in to preach in the church. And so Robert Simple was her husband, and, and they would ask him to preach, and she was just accompanying him at that time. Well, there was a morning meeting that the pastor wanted to have where they were preaching, and he turned to Sister Amy and says, I'd like for you to do the morning service. And so she really did not, had not had a lot of experience with preaching and that time and so she was especially dependent upon the Holy Ghost to help her in that service you can understand when you don't have a whole repertoire of sermons you don't have notebooks full of them you you get especially dependent on the Holy Ghost and so at the start of the service the next morning God spoke to her and said I want to perform a creative miracle this morning and so she just called just what God said that he wants to perform a creative miracle for somebody this morning. She said there were about 50 people in the service that morning and no one answered it. And so she kept giving the call and kept calling and still no one came forward. And a creative miracle is uh, very descriptive, meaning something's going to get created. So no one answered and so she didn't have a sermon because... (laughs) She was just depending on what the Holy Ghost, and if he says that, she she knew enough not to try to preach something if the Holy Ghost is wanting to do something else. So she just sat down on the steps leading up to the platform, and she just began worshiping the Lord and waited for somebody to come up, and no one would respond, and she just kept worshiping the Lord. And after a period of time, a man stepped up from the back row. He was sitting on the back row, and he stepped up carrying a bundle, and when he walked up, He laid this blanket across her lap and he said, I know you called for a creative miracle. I didn't know if you meant this much of one. And she pulled back the blanket and there was a baby completely deformed. The head was misshaped. It had little flippers for arms, little flippers for legs, totally undeveloped. There were no eyeballs in the sockets. The sockets were sunk in. And here she'd been calling for about 20 or 30 minutes for a creative miracle. And so I love what she did. She discontinued what she was doing, just worship God. Listen, when you look at that as a human, you know, I can't do anything with that. No doctor can do anything with that. I can't do anything with that, but I know the one who can. So she immediately turned and started worshiping the Lord. Why? It would be the best thing to do to keep your eyes off of what's needed. And so her and the congregation just sat there. And for the next 20, 25, 30 minutes, she didn't pray. 
All they did was worship. What are they doing? Ah, they're setting the atmosphere for the anointing. So they worship and they worship and they worship. After 30 minutes, she said that she saw the first evidence of God's power. That it looked like invisible hands were taking that skull and reshaping it. As though that head were just clay. Just easily just reshaped the entire form of that skull right in front of her eyes. Well, you know that's going to affect the brain. When a head is misshaped, the brain is affected. You're not just affecting a skull when you do that. You're reshaping the brain inside that skull. And then all of a sudden she saw what appeared to be like whirlwinds over the baby's eyes and went right into the sockets and created eyeballs. And they just kept worshiping. And then as they worshiped, an arm popped out. And as they continued to worship, another arm popped out. And then as they continued to worship, both legs popped out. And she handed that child back to the father completely whole. Now, we look at something like that and we're awed, which we should be. (laughs) When we think of something like that. But see, we look at that and we call that impossible. Just because something is impossible with man, it's easy with God. It's easy with God. It's easy. That deformed, that deformed child, what it needed was easy. Now, not with man, it's impossible. But if we're not careful, we take what's impossible with man and assign that to God. Don't you ever assign man's impossibility to God. All things are possible. To him that believes. Now notice, he specifies who can receive what's impossible. Now nothing's impossible with God, but who is it that receives the impossibility met? The one who believes. What are we to believe? We know this, all things are easy for God. No matter what you're facing, all things are easy for God. If you will quit calling it hard, quit calling it difficult, Start saying it's easy for him. It's easy for him. That healing that's needed, it's easy for him. That money that's needed, easy for him. That home that it's in my heart to buy, easy, easy for him. Amen. Blessing my business, easy for him. Amen. But wait, 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 let's go back here. We have to go back to the word where it says we worship the Lord in the beauty Of holiness. Ah. Worship is not just saying praise the Lord. Worship is how you live. Worship is where you go on Friday night. Worship is what you're looking at on the computer. Worship is what you do with your phone. Worship is conversations you have with people. You understand? To worship God without obeying him is a mere attempt at flattering him. For us to be true worshipers, we have to live true lives. Not shucking and jiving, not playing games, not trying to project something. But we live sincerely. We live in a way pleasing to him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship is how we live every day. How do you talk to your spouse? Amen. How do you talk and what do you say about other people? 
If we want our faith to work, our life has to be pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All things are easy for God. And it's easy for us to believe as long as we're meeting the conditions. <laughs> What's the conditions? That we're living a life of holiness. Amen. Amen. I love the story that Brother Wigglesworth talked about when there was a woman that was on her deathbed. He was called to pray. She was actually, they'd given her just really hours to live. And there were several other Christians that were circled there around her bed, about six or of, about six or so of them. And they each took their turns to pray. And one would pray, oh, God, comfort the, comfort the father, comfort the children, prepare for them for this great sorrow. And another would pray, oh, God, oh, God, why'd you let this happen? You know, all this stuff. And he said, he's standing waiting for his turn to pray. And his prayer within himself was, Lord, shut them up. <laughs> When you need when you need when you need God to do a miracle, you don't want somebody who who doesn't know how to pray. They're just praying out of religion or what they've been taught, or the worst is pray out of what they think about God instead of what the Word says about God. And so he began to pray, knowing Jesus is the healer, knowing Jesus is the deliverer, knowing that it's easy for God. And while he's praying, Jesus' face appeared over the bed of this dying woman. And she's raised up completely whole. At the end of this, he said to those that were present, the reason she wasn't raised up when you prayed is because you prayed looking at her. I prayed looking at him. That's the great value of worship. It keeps you focused on the one who is able and not only able he will amen it keeps your focus and your attention on the one who's worthy of your attention when you're when you're being tempted and pulled at to be absorbed with the wrong thing get your attention off the wrong thing get it on the right thing and worshiping God is the best way amen Praise the Lord. Uh, I'd, go with me if you would. I had said earlier and we didn't quite go there. Uh, let's go to Matthew and chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to start reading in verse 22. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto Jesus. Now, notice this. She's not a Jewish woman. She has no covenant with God. She's a Syrophoenician from Canaan. And uh, their lifestyles were known for unclean living. And said, she came out of the same coast and cried unto Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Her, her life and her home is torn up by a devil attaching itself to her daughter. Look at this. But Jesus answered her not a word. Ah, evidently something's wrong in her approach. He doesn't even talk to her. He doesn't even acknowledge her. And his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away. 
for she cries after us. So she comes over and she starts asking Jesus, do something, begs him, begs him, do something for me, do something for me, do something for me. Begging doesn't work. There's no faith in begging. There's no faith in crying and getting a tear in your voice. Now, I'm not, ta- I'm not trying to make light of difficulties that people face, but I'm just telling you, you can't get answers begging God. Never have my children begged me for something, for food or for a meal or something. Never begged me. Why? Because as children, it belonged to them. That belonged to They didn't have to beg me for a bedroom. It belonged as a, as a child. It's my obligation to provide for the children. Father, the, our father is obligated to us. And when we beg him, we're accusing him of being a poor parent. And his disciples came and said, send her away for she cries after us. So she goes and begs to Jesus, doesn't get the response she's after. So then she goes after the disciples. So see, she's shifting of where's my help? Where's my help? Where's my help? And so finally they come to her, to Jesus and say, do something with her. (laughs) She's, she's bothering us. Listen, Jesus isn't trying to send her away. They're saying send her away. He's not trying to leave her with her need unmet. He's trying to bring her to a place of faith. That begging stuff doesn't work. Verse 24, but he answered and said, he's saying to her, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, uh, I'm not sent to you. I'm, I'm, I'm sent to the Jews at this point. It's for the Jews. I'm sent to my people. Look at verse 25. Then came she. Now she's coming a different way. She makes a second approach. She makes it. If your first approach doesn't work, try again. That crying and begging stuff and pleading God and trying to work him with your emotions doesn't work. So then she comes a second time. And she what? She worshiped him. And she said, Lord, help me. See, the first time she's saying, uh, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. She's heaping him with adjectives. He's not not son of David to her. She's not a Jew. Borrowed words. Church words that she heard someone else call him. Nothing of her. They weren't coming out of her. And finally, when she starts, she said, this stuff doesn't work. This religious stuff I did didn't work. She comes a second time and worships him. And I love her prayer. Lord, help me. (laughs) Ah, now we got you past your practiced words and practiced and what you think sounds spiritual. She said, Lord, help me. He's he's talking to her now. It's not meat or it's not right to take what belongs to my children, to to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now notice, see, she's a Syrophoenician uh, from the land of Canaan. She's, uh, they're known for their dirty living. And uh, notice she doesn't get offended. It won't do you any good to sit in church and get offended. 
it won't do you any good to read the word, hear the preacher and get offended because God's trying to bring us to a place where he can help our lives. And if you're trying to protect your pride, mm, it could cost you something. You need help more than you need your pride. I need help more than I need my pride. And he's bringing her to the place of help. And he said, it's not right for me to take what belongs to my children and give it to someone who has no honor, no respect in their life. They don't honor God. They only show up when they have a need. They don't live honorably. That's what dogs do. Basically saying, your lifestyle doesn't depict what you're, who you're approaching now. It doesn't depict what you're asking now. But look at her. She's saying, notice there's been a change. She's worshiping him on this approach. There's been a change in her. And she said, truth, Lord. Yeah, I can't defend the way I've been living. Listen, if something in your life has been out of place, you better not defend it. Well, somebody did this or you don't know how it's raised. You better not defend it. Because there's help for all of us. I'm not saying that everyone's been treated right, but I'm saying if someone not treating you right seemed to give you an excuse to, for you not to be right, you want to correct that. Amen. And uh, she said, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall under the master's table. Ah, he liked that. She's not offended. She's saying, don't give me what belongs to your children. What they're careless with, what they don't pay attention to, what they treat lightly and let fall. I'm not asking you to take it off the table. I'll take it off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now notice this. She said the dogs eat of the crumbs. He's assigned her to the dog position. Right? That role. That's the way your life has been. And she said, but even the dogs have a master's table. Basically, I call you my master. That's what she's saying. You're my master now. And then in verse 28, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Amen. She went from begging to having a badge put on her by Jesus saying, you got great faith. What was the difference? She worshiped instead of begged. She worshiped instead of begged. She started worshiping instead of begging. Amen. So he said, woman, great is thy faith. Look at this. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Not as I wilt, but as thou wilt. And the next phrase, I love this. And her daughter was made whole from when? That very hour. Within 60 minutes. It could have been within two minutes, but he said within the hour. Within 60 minutes, demons that have been troubling her daughter and her life were gone. Why? Because she worshiped. She worshiped instead of begging, instead of trying to work a guilt trip and say, you don't understand my, what my daughter's going through this. He, he's not moved by guilt trips. He's not moved by need. He's moved by faith. So when people approach him and say, God, don't you know how great my need is? That's not what he answers. He answers faith, not need. So when she came and worshiped, that took faith. 
and it moved her out of begging and out being mindful of her need into being a place of faith, in, in, in a place of faith that he acknowledged. You just came into great faith. Look, you understand this? It only took her a moment to get into great faith. Yeah. Notice her daughter's at home, and all of a sudden, the demon leave, troubling her. It's gone. <sighs> Can you imagine the liberty and the freedom that little gal felt? That demon is gone. What's the mother doing? She's on her knees in front of Jesus. You understand? Different location. Two different locations. In the location needing help, deliverance comes. But in the location of faith, worship. You can worship God and the anointing and the help will come to people at a different location because you know how to worship. Because you know how to worship. Can I tell you this? Your worship life can set other people free. Amen. 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 Now you understand then why this certain minister said about Catherine Coleman. Her fellowship with God made it easy for others to receive their miracle. This mama's worship of God, of Jesus, made it easy for her daughter to be set free. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that stuff thrills me. Then go with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. We're going to look at someone else who needed healing, who needed a miracle. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus, and this is the Amplified Translation. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him. And behold, a leper came up to him and prostrating himself, worshiped him. Look at the difference between this woman who approached Jesus and this leper who's approaching. He starts out worshiping. He's a Jew. He's been taught. There's a, an, a proper approach to God. If I can teach you the proper approach to God is always worship. Always start out your day worshiping God. Amen. As soon as your eyes open. Praise you, Father. I give you glory. I give you honor. Amen. 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 So he starts out worshiping God. Now in the course of his request of Jesus, he says, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing so this man knew you've got the ability. I just don't know if you're willing. So Jesus notices he's got bad doctrine. He's untaught or he's taught wrongly. So he's got this doctrine. God can do anything. I just don't know if he will. Jesus corrects the doctrine. Because he's got to get his thinking corrected. He's got to get his doctrine. What he believes has to be right. So that he can receive what belongs to him. So he says, I am willing. Be cleansed. 
And instantly his leprosy was cured and cleansed. Notice this. So many times where we're missing it is we're thinking wrong. So many times, maybe we've been taught wrong. Maybe we just assumed something. Because so many times we kind of adopt and create our and formulate our own way of thinking. And it's not Bible-based. We just thought that. And wrong thinking will keep us from receiving. But notice the cure for wrong thinking. When he came and worshiped, he positioned himself to get his thinking corrected. Feeding on the word will correct you. But many times, he, see, he didn't even know his thinking needed corrected. He was just asking a question. He did not even know. Most people don't even know their thinking is messed up. Seriously, they think they're right. The Bible even says uh, a, a man's way seems right to him. The way of a man always seems right to him. So many times we need something fixed in the way we think and in the way we approach something. We don't even realize it. But notice this, this man didn't know he needed something corrected. But when he was worshiping God, it positioned him for God to help him and say, this is what has to change in your thinking. There have been times I've faced situations, I feed on the word, I'm not finding my, my answer that I need. I know it's somewhere. I've looked, I've listened to tapes, I've read books, and I'm not finding it. I tell you, at those times, I have just started worshiping and said, I just need help. This needs help. The way I think needs help. And it's while I'm worshiping, he'll give me the, the light I need. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it'll take the place of studying the Bible and reading the Bible. But I'm saying sometimes there are things in your life you don't even know where to. You just know you're off rail and you don't know where you got off. I know I'm off rail. I don't know if it's over there. I don't know if it's over there. And even if you read it, you wouldn't recognize it. I don't know. I'm just off. When you worship God, it'll help locate the help for you. Ah, this is what you need. This is what you need. What I'm saying, while you're worshiping, he's doing repair work for you. He's putting back in place. Why? Because worship positions you for him to reach you. Why? Because worship is an act of faith. And when you're in faith, you are in position for him to fix what needs to be fixed. For him to answer what needs to be answered. For you to hear what you hadn't been hearing. For you to see what you had not been seeing. Worship is a cure-all. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And God told Brother, Brother Norval Hayes, teach my people to worship me more. He didn't say they don't worship. He's saying they don't worship me long enough for my help to arrive. They don't stay in that place long enough to hear, long enough to see, long enough to get put back into place the things that are out of place. We're not talking about moments. We're talking about a life of worship. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. 
Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.